the gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It starts, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departing and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Sumerian, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Amen. 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 Precious Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the power of the message of love and compassion, grace and mercy. Father God, thank you for being that good Samaritan, Father God, who just didn't walk by us when we was half dead. Thank you, Lord. But you touched us with your spirit and your blood and you redeemed us and healed us and gave us the faith to believe in you, Father God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm going to feel like that, that, that did it. Just reading it. The power of God's word. The power of God's word. You know, that's a that's a million dollar question. That's the greatest question that you can ask. We, we've had this question before with the rich young ruler when he came to Jesus. That's a great question. It's one that we all need to answer. You, I hope everybody here got an answer already. I mean, if you've been here with me for these many years, you, you got the answer already. But we sometimes it's good to sometimes just to reinforce it. Ain't it good, you know, just to reinforce it? Somebody say, you know, the chili is, is, is better the second day than it is the first day. 
Okay? But it's the greatest question that you can ask. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Let's, let's, let's look at it verse by verse. And, 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 and a certain lawyer, okay, stood up. So when you start starting up, when you start standing up to Jesus, you, you, you put yourself in a, in a bad spot, okay? So he stood up and tempted him. That ain't good. Saying, Master, Jesus wasn't his master. Okay? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Luke chapter 10, verse 25, Jake. And he said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? This is a Pharisee. This is a certain lawyer. This is a religious person that, that know the law. Okay? He's an expert in the law. Okay? And he's not being genuine because the answer should be Based on what is written in the law, nobody can do that. Okay? The purpose of the law was to shut everybody's mouth because nobody can keep the law. Okay? Amen. The law forces us to plead for the mercy of God. Okay? Nobody can keep the law. If we could keep the law, we wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Jesus, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. See, there are people today that still want to live under the law. Okay? Have at it. Good luck. The law, Paul wrote this. The law wasn't written for a righteous man. The law wasn't written for a righteous man. You know what? And, and when I say the righteous man, I'm talking about people that's right with God. When we, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you know, we, the law has been fulfilled. We righteous in the fact that our sins are forgiven. We're going to do enough sin. There's enough folks in this room today. We're going to sin enough next week to bust hell right open. Amen. All right? Ain't nobody here got it all together. Okay? But the law wasn't made for a righteous man because we were made right when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Paul said this, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedient and for the ungodly and for the sinners and for the unholy and the profane and for murderers and for father, murders of fathers and murders of mothers and for manslayer. That's what the law was made for those who don't have no faith. Because the law is going to judge all those folks. But we're not going to be judged by the law. We're going to be judged by Jesus Christ's righteousness. Amen. Okay? Now, in verse 27, after Jesus talks to this man, verse 27 says, and he answering. You know, lawyers always got answers. Okay? Lawyers are always looking for loopholes. You get a good lawyer. I mean, if, you, if you're guilty of something, you need a good lawyer. Because he's going to try to find loopholes. He's he, he going to try to find you not guilty, even if you're guilty. That's his job. That's why you pay him the big bucks. Okay? 
If it don't fit, you must acquit. Okay, the Kardashians, those are the Kardashians made all their money. Ain't nobody here got if you get in trouble in here, ain't nobody hard calling the Kardashians to come and defend them. He answering the lawyer. Because Jesus asked him, what, what does the law say? See, he knows what the law says. And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Okay? You, you know, now as I read this, you see how, how we as, as, as people that love the Lord, we, we already disqualify. Okay? The law, the law, again, forces us to look to Jesus. Okay? Because nobody in here is going to be able to say, I love the Lord with all my heart and all my soul. And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. See, I had a neighbor just, just move out. The neighbor across the street from us. Right, he moved to the doctor. And Krita came to live with us and brought a pet bull, half pet bull. Okay. And the pet bull got out of the house. And the neighbor had a lot of cats. And the pet bull got a cat and the ran, 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 and threw the cat up in a tree or something. That neighbor ain't never loved me after that. He never loved me. He never spoke to me ever again. Dog wardens at our house. I think the whole neighborhood like, oh, here go the neighborhood. And he said unto him, stay with me, verse 28. Thou hast answered right. His answer was right. I mean, if you if you if you if you, if you want to be justified by the law and, and you know, here's the answer. Thou shalt love the Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy might, and thy neighbor as self, as thyself. Okay? Who would here love their neighbor as much as you love yourself? Okay? See, see, whoever, whoever is hearing this, the answer is no. Okay? The answer is no. Okay? But remember, these are Pharisees. And they think they're all together. They had it all together, okay? Remember the two Pharisees went up, went up to the temple, you know, to pray? And the one Pharisee said, well, you know what? I, I tithe of everything I got. I, you know, I, I, I fast twice weekly, and I'm not as this person. Okay? They were self-righteous. They were self-righteous. But watch what Jesus says. Because he asked Jesus. And he said unto him, thou hast answered Right. This do, verse 20, 28, this do, and thou shall live. And basically what he said, if you can do all that the law requires, thou shall have eternal life. But you know what? You can't. Amen. It's impossible. Amen. It's impossible. But what's the lawyer? He's a smart aleck. Okay. He's not going to be wrong. He's self-righteous. And, and, and he's looking into the eyes of God. Think about it. Think, you, know, you know, me and Ray just had this conversation. With you know, Ray would tell me some stuff. 
Okay, Ray would tell me some stuff. I said, man, you did. You know, he'd tell me some stuff. But he wasn't looking into it. He was looking in my eyes. His dad. But this Pharisee is looking into the eyes of an all-knowing God. Can you imagine talking to God and trying to trying to trick him? That don't work. Okay? I mean, you can trick me. And I may trick some of y'all. But there's one person can't be tricked. Okay? But he willing, verse 29, to justify himself. Okay? Some folks just got to be right. He tried to justify himself. He said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? That's not a good question to ask to Jesus. See, when Jesus starts answering your questions with parables, you know you're in a bad spot. Okay? You, you remember, when, remember when Nathan walked in the room with David and David, David, you know, was in the height of his sin. He had had the child with Bathsheba and he was hiding it. And David went in there and really spoke a parable to David. Nathan spoke a parable to David. He said, you know, a man had, you know, a man had a thousand sheep and, 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 and another man had one who slept with him and ate with his family. And the, and the man that had a thousand took the one and killed it. And David didn't understand the parable. And David said, whoever that is, he deserves to die. He deserves, you know, sin on the so I can cut his head off. I'm just paraphrasing it. And Nathan said, you the man. And David's sin was revealed to him. So Jesus is getting ready to tell this man who's trying to justify himself. Okay. Who knows he's wrong. He knows he, he don't love anybody like this. But because he's a self-righteous person, he's trying to smooth it over. Jesus answered and said unto him. Verse 30. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And fell among thieves. He fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, this story could go a lot of places. All right. Let me try to stay. I'm going to try to stay on task. Okay. All right. Jerusalem is always up from Jericho. 12,000 priests traveled to and from Jericho Road. On a regular basis, all right? Now, this certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Talking about this man. This man represents us. Okay? Think about this. This man represents humanity. All right? This man represents really us before we were saved. All right? He says a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, anytime you leave the church, what do we do? A lot of times we leave the church on Wednesday night and we pray and we, we pray because we leaving, we really leaving the presence of God. Amen. Okay? And we going back. I don't care where you're going. You can be going to Borman, you can be going to Austin, you can be going to Eastside Cam or wherever you're going. You're going to a place. Okay? Just like Jericho. All right. You're going down. 
You're leaving the presence of God. And, and if Jeremy prays us out or whoever prays us out, we a lot of times we pray for traveling mercy. We pray that when we get home, that our home would be safe and, and we will get home safely. OK, that's 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 that's, that's required. This man's leaving Jericho. I mean, leaving Jerusalem. And, if, and the Bible says he fell among thieves. He fell among thieves. And, 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 and that really what that means is he was he was accosted. He was attacked. This wasn't no one on one battle. This was a he he was coming from Jerusalem and he got attacked by a group of thugs. All right. You can hear me say he should have been carried. I heard him. (laughs) Which stripped him. Okay, they stripped him. They took everything of value from this man. They stripped him of his raiment. You know, it was not time we had a nice gear on and stuff. You know, you back in the day, they don't, I don't think they do it as much as they used to back in the day. Take your Nikes and steal you. If you come to school with nice Nikes or something, they would just beat you up and take them. But they stripped him of his raiment. And the Bible says they wounded him. I mean, they, now, now stripping him wasn't bad enough. Stripping him wasn't bad enough. Taking his raiment wasn't bad enough. They wounded him. What's that a picture of? Ain't this how Satan operates? When we, when we lead the presence of God, when we, when we living in Jericho, Satan will beat us, strip us, wound us, and leave us to die. That's how he does. We know people like that. We know people like we sit there, we see them years from now, like, what happened to you, man? Okay? Got stripped, got stripped, got wounded. Satan comes to do what? What's our verse? John 10, 10. To kill, steal, and destroy and leaving them to die. Half dead. I couldn't get a good answer what half dead meant in the Bible. But he was in a bad, bad situation. He was dying. Okay? He was dying. Okay? Truth be told. Before we got saved, we was dying too. Yeah. Okay. We was dying too. Verse 31. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Think about that. Think about that. You see somebody laying on the ground, half dead, beaten, stripped. I mean, stripped. And and, 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 and this priest who represents what? Who's this priest represents? He represents the church. He represents the people of God. Okay. That's unfortunate, ain't it? That God puts us in here because a lot of folks in the church would say the same thing. You know, you know, who's my neighbor? Because it's easy to love people who love you back. It's hard to love folks that you may not get nothing back from. And you may look at somebody like, oh, I know him and, and help him. But if somebody you don't know, it's sometimes often it's often hard to help someone that you don't know. Okay. The priest and the Levite represent religion. I talk about religion a lot. Y'all know, I, 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 don't call me religious. I'm not religious. Okay. 
I'm in a relationship with the Lord. I have a personal relationship with the Lord. See, the religious folks, they work nine to five. So you got religious folks that work nine to five. When they get off at five o'clock, you know, they done, they done doing ministry. Okay? Oh, I'm, I'm serious. They, they work nine to five. And once they get off, they done doing ministry. Ministry, ministry for the, for the man of God or the woman of God never stops. It never stops. You're always doing ministry. You might, you, you're doing ministry when you don't even know you're doing ministry because you are witnessing the people of, by how you live and carry yourself. Okay? So, so he's, he, this, this, this religious person, the priest, first of all, walks by. And what, what does he say? Does, he, does the text say he says anything in verse 31? And there came, there, and by chance there came a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Why did he pass by the other side? He wanted to get involved. He, he, you know, he, he like a lot of folks today, they don't want to get involved. They got a lot of excuses. What, what might have been some of his reasons not to get involved? I had these conversations all the time. Serving God can be dangerous. Okay, he could have he could have said, well, maybe he's faking. Pass by on the other side. He want to. He, maybe he maybe maybe he's faking. Maybe he's not really sick. And if I go over there, he's going to attack me. Hmm. Maybe he had to get home to his family. OK, maybe, you know, anybody ever met someone else? That's the name of a person who 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 works in the church. His first name is someone. His last name is Elsa. If something needs done, somebody says, well, someone else will do it. He didn't want to get his clothes dirty. I, I, you know, some ministry can get dirty. Okay. Here's the, here's the number, probably the number one excuse why he didn't help. I'll pray for him. I'll pray for him. Think about that. Think about that. I'm going to get to the Samaritan in a minute. Look at the next verse. And likewise, a Levite. Now, a Levite, we talk about that from Matthew 9, 9. A Levite, his job was to do ministry. That's all he was called to do, to work in the temple. His job was to minister to people, to help people. Okay? And when he was at the place... He came and, I mean, he did more than the first guy. He came and looked at him. Okay? Isn't that how we do sometimes? We see people in, in, in need and, and we'll take a look at them and I'll pray for you. They, need, they, they may need some hands-on stuff. Okay? I always say we spend a lot. Of, we spend a lot of our resources on things that we could probably help a lot of people with. Okay, I watch it. I'm, I, I'm saddened by it. Sometimes I see a lot of folks, you know, in the church, and they spend thousands and thousands of dollars on vacations and parties and cruises and stuff, and they got folks that have needs. That's just me talking out loud. Okay, who comes next? Who comes next? Remember, this Jesus is trying to tell the story to this Samaritan, to this, to this religious leader, this Jew, of what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. All right, verse thirty-three. He says, "But a certain 
Samaritan. Now, just mentioning the name Samaritan to a religious ruler was almost a sin. That was like a cuss word. Okay, the Samaritans were so hated. They were so hated by religious rulers of that day. A religious ruler of that day wouldn't even get near a Samaritan. Okay, a Samaritan was a was a considered a half breed, a, 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 a heathen, a dog. All right, but Jesus says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had. Compassion on him. Who is this certain Samaritan? Think about the story. Look at John 8 and 46. Now watch this. Because see, when the Jews hated you, and when they hated you so bad, and when and they would call you a Samaritan. And we got different words we use today when we don't like someone. But uh, calling somebody a Samaritan in that day was, uh, was like dropping the heaviest cuss words on him. I mean, he was saying the most derogatory things you could say to a person. Now watch what they say about our Lord and Savior. Okay. He says, which of you convinces me of sin? Jesus is talking. And, and, and if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is, he that is of God, hear God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because you are not of God. Now this is Jesus. See, remember, I always tell you, I don't, I, you know, the Jesus I serve, I, he may not be the same one the world serves because this one I serve is tough. He's militant, he's bad, and he's strong, and he's confrontational because this is not something you would say to religious rulers. Okay? He told them, You hear me not because you're not of God. Amen. Amen. You can get a lot of trouble saying that today. You tell a person, Look, man, you, there's no way you can believe in God and still believe this. And they'll sit there and they'll, Hey, you can't tell me who I believe. Then answered the Jews. Now the Jews is mad because they got checked. And, and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan. These Jewish people call Jesus a Samaritan. A half-breed. Okay? And that wasn't enough. Watch what else they say. Verse 48. And has a devil. Y'all think ministry easy? Think about how easy it was for Jesus. Here's the, here's the son of God, the, 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 the God in the flesh walking this earth and the people, the religious rulers of that day called him a Samaritan and a devil. And a devil. Isaiah 53 prophesied all this says he is despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Think about that. Think about that. What made him a man of sorrows? What made Jesus a man of sorrows? Think about that. Think about the world we live in today. Think about it. how many here, how many here just turn on, it don't matter, turn on the news. See what's going on in the world? Does it make you sorrowful? You see what's going on in Iraq or Ukraine, all them folks and just, just being displaced and being bombed. I mean, look at the world. What causes all that? What causes all that? Sin, evil, is going, the world going crazy. We ought to be people of sorrow. And I don't mean walking around, I don't mean walking around, woe is me. But think about how many people are living in this world today who 
do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That ought to break your heart. That ought to sadden you. You know, you go visit people and talk to people and you, you just listen to them and you know they don't know the Lord. They don't, have, they don't have a care in the world. They don't care nothing about the things of God. They don't care nothing about the word of God. They don't care nothing. It ought to break your heart. And they're raising the children not to know nothing about the things of God. People ask, what's wrong with the kids today? We know the answer to that. Most of us in here are older. We, you know, we, 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 we was raised to be respectful. We're not raising kids to be respectful today. They called Jesus a Samaritan. Said he had a devil. Okay. Let me keep going with the story because it's, it's interesting. I, I know I'm sort of all over the place, but don't, don't mind me. Y'all, y'all used to it. Verse 34, watch this. Because he's talking about the man represents us, fallen humanity. Jerusalem represents the place where God's spirit dwells. Okay? The Pharisee, the, the Levites, and the priests represents religion. Kind of religion that don't do anything. Okay? Can't help you. They wear all the stuff and the hats and they got the gowns on, the robes, and, and they can't help you. Okay? Don't want to even tell you the truth. This certain Samaritan had compassion on him. Verse 34, and he said, and he went to him. Went to him. You can't help nobody if you don't, you're not willing to get close to him. Okay? And whole, whole, a lot of this, all this social distancing is all designed to keep us apart. Okay? Jesus, Jesus went close to this man, and Jesus represents the good Samaritan. I know I'm giving the story away. He represents the good Samaritan. Okay? And he went to him and, and bound up his wounds. How about that? He, he used his resources. If you're a traveler in those days, you would have your little bag. And just in case you got bit by a snake or you got hurt or something, you had your own little satch. And you had all your little ointments and your oils and your, and your wine in it because that was medicinal in that day. Okay? And he bound up his wounds. He used his own resources. Pouring in oil and wine, oil and wine, oil and wine in the Bible, oil and wine meant healing, things that we use for healing, but put the oil on it. Wine in that day, we think of wine only to drink, but wine had, had vinegar in it, and it was used as a disinfect. So any, anytime you would put wine in it, it was like mercuricone. Remember some of the days, some of y'all old folks in here remember having that mercuricone? Anytime you got cut. Mark, you put mercuricum on your kids. Anytime you got cut, that little red bottle, your little thing in it, pull it out. Fire. So he used he used his own wine, he used his own, he used his own oil, and he set him on his beast. How about that? How about that? He only had one beast, so he put this man on his beast, and he walked with that man on his beast to the end. He's going out of his way. Amen. Oh, he's going out of his Amen. way. Now, remember now, this, 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 this uh, Pharisee is listening to all this. He's listening to all this. 
He's been, he's been indicted. He's been convicted. Just like I was when I studied it. Just like we all should be by listening to it. Okay? Watch what else he does. He took him to the end. And he told the end. The end represents what? What do y'all think the end represents? What do you think the end represents? The end represents the church. Okay? Y'all hear people talk about the church being a hospital. I hear that stuff makes me want to cringe. Okay? Because it has some hospital features to it. It actually, it should be a hospital. Okay? But you know what? I, I, I was thinking about this. and I, Lately, I've been spending time at the hospital with Cindy. Okay? If the hospital, if the church is a hospital, and if you go to the hospital... Say you got a broken elbow. All right. So you go to the hospital, you got a broken elbow, right? They're not just going to fix your elbow without you signing off on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm there. Cindy got her elbow broke. And, and they say, well, you know, you got to sign because we got to put you to sleep just for a little while to put your elbow back in place. Okay. And I'm there with my wife signing. Go ahead. We sign it, all right? And they working on it. They get that elbow. She, she sleep a little bit. You know, she's still screaming, but she sleep. Okay. Okay. But they get working all over, and, you know, I'm videotaping it. I'm like, look at this, Cindy. Look what they did to you. Okay. That's what I do. <laughs> Anybody wants a video, I'll send it to you. But Cindy didn't want me to. But, I mean, they worked that arm back in place. But here's my point. And here's the difference between the church being a hospital and the church not being a hospital. Because if you go to the hospital, when you got an issue, you're going to take the medicine. Okay? You're not going to go to the hospital and say, they're going to say, well, you want your arm fixed, you got to sign this paper. And if you say, you don't want your arm, I'm not signing the paper. Why did you want to go to the hospital? Why would we go to the hospital? Okay? See, what the church has done that the hospital won't do. If you go to the hospital sick and you're not willing to take the medicine, they're sending you home. Okay? But what the church do, folks come into the church sick, don't want to take the medicine, and the church says, well, you, 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 you're free to stay as long as you want. And we got a lot of folks running around church sick. And then and the, and the preacher say, well, we got a lot of people like that here. Okay? Organ player like that. He's sick. Okay? Our biggest tither, uh, he, he beat his wife and his kids, but, you know, he's, you know, he all right. <laughs> oh, no. no, we got sick people in the church. I don't want to, I want y'all healed in here. Amen. See? I don't want no sick people in here. Because, you know, some, some sicknesses can be contaminate the whole church. I think the Bible says what? A little leaven, leaven a whole, whole lump. I was at, I was at Panera Bread. I, Panera Bread has become my office in Austin now. If you ever want to meet me somewhere at 4 o'clock, I'm using at Panera Bread. I'm sitting in the back, and I just do my work. I do my work. Okay, because if I go home, and I, it's hard for me to chart with somebody hollering, Papa, 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 Papa. So I, so I go to Panera Bread, and I do my work. But I met a guy yesterday. I, go, I met a guy Friday, and we talking. His name was Johnny Carson. 
Real, seriously. And he said he was a deacon at his church. And he said he had to leave his church. He said he had to leave his church because his wife didn't like the preacher. Okay. So I'm listening. And, 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 and he says, and, and I asked him, what was the problem? Well, they called him in the church with another woman having sex. Now, he sounded a little upset because he had to leave. And I was sitting there. I said to him, because I'm just crazy like a fox. I said, why would you be upset about leaving if that happened? He didn't really have an answer. But I'm, I'm sitting here like, where am I at? Uh, the end. Yeah. See, see, we allow. We, we can't. The church is church is a holy place. Amen. And, and y'all have to keep me accountable. And my job is to preach the word, and the, and the word, and then preaching the word, the word should hold you guys accountable. Okay. So, in in a sense, by God giving me a word to preach, it keeps me accountable because I can't preach what. Okay. And, and the word also has a purifying effect on it. It's called, it's called a purifying word. We talked about last week in Hebrews. It's like sharper than a one. Cuts both ways. Okay? So my job is to preach a message, to make Jeremy a better husband, to make, to make Columbus a better husband, Toya a better wife. Okay? Sylvia, a better co-worker. I want Ray to come more so he'd be a better husband and a better wife and a better father because this is what's missing in the church. Okay? And people say, where are all the young people at? Why don't the young people come? Because young people are smarter today than they were used to be. Okay? I, I used to listen to, 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 to a group of young people sing. They say, game recognize game. Game recognize game. Okay. The end. The good Samaritan took him to the church to look after those that the Lord seeks and finds. That's what God does. God seeks and finds them. They come to the church. Our responsibility is to minister to them. Okay. Our, and, I, and I don't mean just telling them lies. See, you know, people are like, oh, you can't preach like that. God, the young people don't like that. No, that's not what I'm saying. The young people need to hear the word. They need to hear the word of God preach. They don't hear, need to hear, come in here and hear me faking. Saying everything is all right when everything ain't all right. Okay. The truth will do what? Okay. It'll set you free. It'll set you free. It'll set you free. So they take them to the end. And the, and the job of the, of the church and the job of the innkeeper was to take care of this person. Watch what the text says. Excuse me for going back and forth. Watch what the text says. On tomorrow, verse 35. And he says, on tomorrow when he departed. Now the man just dropped this man off at this inn or at this hospital or at this church. And and before he left, he took out two pence. Okay? Two pence. You know, uh, one pence is a day's earning. Okay? Most of us in here, if you make $12 an hour, how much would that be a day? $120 a day? 
That would be, that'd be if we worked 10 hours, huh? Most of, us here, most of us in here make $100 a day. So by today's economics, he would have, this man would have dropped him off at the church or at the hospital and left $200 and gave it to the host and said, take care of him. <laughs> I, I think I said this this morning. I, you know, we're not getting paid down here. We're not getting our reward down here. Y'all remember the story I told? I've told so many stories. Y'all t- tell me if I'm repeating them. But the, the, the couple was missionaries. They were missionaries over in Africa somewhere. And they had been over there years doing missionary work. Okay? And they was finally coming home to America. But on the same plane was a, was a group of rock stars. So when they got off the plane... The, the rock stars had a crowd of people waiting for them and screaming and hollering on the autographs. And the, and, the, and the man that was a missionary, him and his wife, he got on the plane and he said, honey, look at that. We've been over in Africa doing missionary work for years and, and giving our whole life to ministry. And we come home, there's nobody here to greet us. But look at these clowns over here. And, and the wife says, honey, you ain't home yet. Amen. See, ain't home yet. See, ministry, ministry, you ain't getting paid on this side. Okay? When, when Paul wrote, my well done, my good and faithful servant, okay, that's it. Watch what happens here. Watch what Jesus says. I'm about to close. He says, and on tomorrow when he departed, verse 35, he took out two pence, two pennies, days work, two days work. And gave them to the host. Okay. Now. And he said unto him. To the host. Take care of him. How about that? He said to the host. Take care of him. So this this, this Samaritan has some authority. Okay. Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more than the two pence that I left. When I come again. Y'all see, y'all, see, y'all see Christ in this? When I come again, I will repay thee. Amen. The good Samaritan is a picture of Christ. Okay? Now, verse 36, Christ talks to this. He talks to this rich young ruler. You still won't see him mention Samaritan. Watch this now. This is interesting. Which of these three, talking to the Samaritan, talking to the rich, talking to the rich Pharisee or whatever, whoever he is. He said, which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among these? Now, what was his question? Who is my neighbor? Okay, who's my neighbor? And he said. The Samaritan couldn't even get it out. He couldn't get it out. He that showed mercy on him. Think about that. Remember the story we tell about rich man and Lazarus? Mm-hmm. No, ain't nothing wrong being rich. Okay. Ain't nothing wrong being rich. I, I need more money. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I like to have more. You know, ain't nothing wrong being rich. 
It was promised when riches have you. Okay? Yeah. Nothing wrong with having a little bit of money just to be able to bless some people. Wouldn't that be nice? How many of us in here would have some money? Think about some people we could bless. Think about some of the things we could do just for, for our loved ones and for the church. And maybe even, you know, we got, we got a love offering from the church in, in Louisiana. I was telling the Sunday school class, they sent us, just send us a little bit of money, you know. How about that? Think about that. Amen. Not too long ago, we got a we got a bigger check from another couple somewhere. I forget where they was at. Where Pennsylvania or somewhere? You know, they just just being able to bless somebody. You know, that's out there grinding, out there trying to do the right thing. You know, I don't have no problem. Now, if you're trying to do the right thing, and if I'm able to help you a little bit, I'm gonna help you. But if you're out there doing being a fool, you see what I'm saying? Which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto that him that fell upon the thieves? And he says, and he said, he that showed mercy. Then said Jesus unto him, watch this. Go and do likewise if you want eternal life. Now, I I guess the question would be, how's your mercy? We would sit here and say, how's your mercy game? How's your mercy game? Are you showing mercy to folks? And it don't it don't mean you got to spend all your money or anything, but just showing mercy, showing people that you care with with love and mercy. Okay, I know I got to do better. I ain't pointing. They say we point your finger at somebody else. You got how many you got pointing back at you? Okay, but we have to do better. Calling people and talking to people and sharing people, you know, taking them a sandwich, you know. Showing mercy. Showing mercy. Precious Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for the church, Father God. Thank you for those that are faithful, Father God. Those that have continued to press toward the mark of the high calling of God. Thank you for our, for our friends that are here. Thank you for, for Rita being able to come out. Thank you for Blanche. Thank you for Ray and Stephanie, Father God. We pray that you be with them throughout their pregnancy and the delivering of their child, Father God. Amen. Thank you for the, the house of God. Warming here today. Some folks fanning, God. Thank you, Father God, for keeping the doors open and giving us a place to come and worship together as a family of believers. Father, thank you for everything you do. We pray right now, Father God, for all that's going on in the world. We pray for all these families over in Ukraine. We pray for the Russians too, Father God. They're dying too. Everybody's dying and bombs are dropping. Folks being displaced, Father God. What is going on? We pray for this world, Father God. We pray for peace, Father God. Most of all, we pray that Jesus Christ would be honored and worshiped, the Prince of Peace. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.